Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Career Gems for the Journey specializes in team building and keynote speaking that can be delivered virtually and or in person. If you're looking for an organization to provide turnkey team building as a part of your team offsite, retreat, or strategy session, we have what you're looking for. Visit us at gemsforthejourney.org to reserve your date. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I am really excited to be back with you on this episode of the Career Gems for the Journey podcast. Um, We continue to be able to have really great conversations with talented professionals, and today will be no different. But you guys know I like to get excited, so I need to get my housekeeping out of the way so that my team um, does not give me notes in the background that I'm in trouble. So as always, my name is Leah Murphy. I am the CEO and founder of Career Jumps for the Journey, where we get to help talented professionals build thriving careers. And we have a lot of really exciting things going on um, over here at Career Jumps for the Journey that I want to make sure that everyone knows about before we get into this interview. And the first is we just launched um, a brand new offer, including team building services. So if you are looking for your team to be better at collaboration, better at communication, better at really building relationships with one another, we have a turnkey option that is just for you. So we would love for you to take an opportunity to meet us over at gemsforthejourney.org so that you can have the opportunity to learn more about that services, that service. And you'll have the opportunity to learn more about all of the other amazing things that are happening. Um, We are coming up on the one year anniversary of the Salary Power Moves winning the compensation negotiation launch on Amazon. So we're thrilled and excited for that. That continues to perform well. And we want to make sure that folks still know that it is available on Amazon. So um, the book actually was an Amazon bestseller last year. So we want to make sure that not only people learn how to negotiate, but we're on a mission to help 10,000 women learn how to negotiate for better compensation. So let's, now that I got the housekeeping out of the way, all the things I'm responsible for, I want to get into our guest that is joining us for this podcast episode. Um, And this one is going to be fun. I'm super excited for this opportunity. We have gotten to have so many conversations um, off the microphone. So now to be able to bring him to the microphone to have a discussion uh, on the podcast for the audience is absolutely going to be a great time. Um, So you guys are all in for a treat. Um, I'm going to introduce him as Michael Austin Jr. And then I'm going to read his bio because he's legit out here doing major things. So Mike, take my opportunity, say hello to the people, and then I'll get into your bio. Oh, definitely. Um, Good morning. Well, good afternoon for yourself there on the East Coast. I'm out on the West Coast out here in sunny California. 
Um, beautiful 75 degree day today. So I'm going to point that out. But good morning. Honored to be here. Look forward to the conversation discussion this morning. Awesome. So yeah, first, first shady point that he's in California and the rest of us are not. Um, so I'm going to read your bio here. Michael Austin Jr. currently serves, currently serves as the Vice President of Operations for Avid Bioservices and is responsible for CGMP manufacturing operations, technical operations, facilities engineering, environmental health and safety. Mr. Austin has over 15 years of CGMP operations experience in the biopharmaceutical, biotechnology and food manufacturing industries. This includes leading all phases of process and facility design, development, optimization. He received his bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from California State University Fullerton. Shout out to the engineers and a graduate certificate in project management from Lehigh University. Prior to this role, Mr. Austin held positions of increasing scope and responsibility for ConAgra Foods, Merck and Co. Incorporated Unilever and BioSterigene bioseparation in manufacturing, engineering, continuous improvement, maintenance. And additionally, because there's more, um, he led AVID's 150 million capital investment portfolio for expansion at its Tussin and Costa Mesta facilities. Last but most importantly, Mr. Austin has been married for 15 years and has two sons, which he loves spending time with when he's outside of the office. Welcome to the podcast episode, Mr. Austin. I love that Mr. Austin is like how you're titled in the actual bio. Oh, I love it. Um, so I'm gonna give a disclaimer because um, Mike and I are actually cousins by marriage. Um, we have known each other for, I, I guess, 20 plus years now and, yep. you know, followed each other through career. We actually started in uh, engineering and in manufacturing together a really, really long time ago. And um, so when I say we've had tremendous conversations off the mic about life, about corporate America, about marriage, about raising families, about navigating uh, consumer good spaces, we've done all of those things. So bringing this conversation onto the podcast has kind of been inevitable. Um, and... Before I let you go, because I'm going to jump into the first question, um, Mike has the privilege of also being able to shade me like via text message or via other family <laughs> communications. So he actually told me, you know, he's a listener of the podcast, always been a staunch supporter, always been, you know, deep in the corner. And he sent me a text not that long ago, like, yeah, you know, the podcast is great. I love to see what you're doing. There's not enough men on the podcast, period. Like... <laughs> Like, I don't have any questions. I don't have any additional feedback. I don't know how you're going to go solve it, but there's not enough men on the podcast. And I appreciated it, right? Call me on the carpet. Uh, the podcast has been um, with myself and my co-host, Ama. You know, we are women of color and we end up having a network of people that are also women of color, but we do need more um, male voices on the platform. So we're excited to be able to bring you as our first uh, male voice since your shady text message on the platform. <laughs> Again, I, I appreciate it. I, I'm honored. Um, obviously, based on our relationship, you did not get offended by my text. You took it as a challenge to step up to the plate and, and you know do what you need to do. Um, like like you mentioned, I, I do. I, I am honored to be here just as a guest, but also as as your cousin, um, as probably I want to say one of your first mentees that you probably had in industry. A lot of people don't know, but as, as Leah said, going back to her General Mill days, um, 
I, I was always an advocate, always a fan of her of her career, of how she um, progressed, how she, professional she was, how she knew how to navigate the waters from what she learned. And she's always been unapologetic about passing that to me um, anytime I need it, any conversations, any time of the day, any time of the year. And I, I do take that to heart. I never take it for granted. I still have notes that I reflect back on from conversations we had a decade ago, just so you know. Oh, man, that's that's heavy. That's heavy in a good way, right? That's heavy. Yeah, that oh, just, definitely. All. That just, it, it really speaks to, you know, the impact that you can have on people's lives. And if you're, you know, really intentional and you're all honest and authentic with it, then people will feel that impact and be able to apply it to make what makes the most sense for them. But also, yeah. you know, we've always been able to be really honest with one another and keep it real. And that's necessary, right, in professional realms, because you can't always talk to your manager. You can't always talk to other leaders in the organization. Other people may not be having the same experience as you are based on their their demographics, based on their location, based on all of those things. So here's the, here is the, now this is a softball, right? Because you already talked about, you know, me mentoring you and us being able to have great conversations around career and personal life. So then you've had a really robust career now, right? Now we just read through your bio and I was like, man, I, I wish I had a glass of water right next to me so I could take a sip while I was speaking about all your accomplishments and all your accolades. Um, and we're really proud of all that you've accomplished. Did you see that, you know, where you are now, did you have a clear vision for that? Where there's a, was there a career plan that you worked through and developed or was it more organic and you kind of just took opportunities as they come or a combination of both? Talk to us a little bit about that. Definitely. And um, it's definitely that, that the later what you said, there's a combination of both. So I was, I was always the, the young kid. I was ambitious. I knew I was going to be an engineer, get an engineering degree early on. I was a tinkerer. I liked to tinker with stuff. I had, you know, the abilities in math and science. So that piece of the, the puzzle, I figured out early on, I had some uncles in engineering. I was like, cool, they, they make great money. I just <laughs> I want to live like them. I want to make a lot of money. And I want to put the brain to work. So I knew I was going to be an engineer. Um, even to the point graduating from high school, I remember giving my mom a, a, a sticky note that said, I'm going to you know, be a CEO by 30 and retire. So while I had a plan that already included me being an executive suite and executive levels, um, obviously I said 30, I'm beyond 30, well beyond 30 now. The plan didn't work as I intended it. But to your point, I had a vision from day one. I did have a vision. Um, I do feel that um, God gave me a lot of abilities. He kind of showed me where he wanted me to go early on. But after that, I had the vision. I painted the picture. It came time to work it. Um, so even in my career and, and working that plan, while the timeline hasn't mapped out to what I originally thought it would be, being naive at 18 years old, the progression has. Um, over my career, I've lived in four different places, moving to California, from and to California three times, moved back to Philadelphia for five years, Kansas City. Um, like I said, three different areas in California. I've worked for four different companies um, throughout that time. Most people believe I was in the military because of all my movement, but it was really me um, taking the chances, taking the risk, taking the opportunities I needed to continue to progress my career toward that vision I had laid out for myself. So while I had the vision, it didn't work out as I mapped. I was still willing to work the plan. And I believe ultimately establishing that vision early on. When I coach people, a lot of times, I always say begin with the end in mind. And it's one of those principles from Covey or somebody like that out there. But begin with the end in mind. And I did I did take that to heart as I looked at my career and how I progressed through it. 
So I've gotten to have, you know, uh, maybe not a front row seat, but like a second row seat to your um, navigation career-wise. And then also life happens, right? You mentioned in your bio that you have a beautiful wife who is amazing and fantastic and two, um, two sons who are, you know, inspirational and beautiful hearted human beings. So now that you think about all of the things that you have been able to accomplish post 30, because you're not even 40. So like, you're not that far off track. And I also just don't believe in timelines. I believe in the vision and you have to set it out for yourself and make it clear um, because you have to pray for that, right? You have to make sure that you're going to God specifically for what you're looking for, but you also have to have ability to be able to work that plan. But the timelines always seem to be um, in this world that is agnostic of life happening, right? And if we could just say, well, yeah, nobody will ever need to relocate for personal reasons or, you know, no one will ever get sick or no one will ever need to, to be living with us or all of the things that we know happen in life in adulting, um, then I feel like the timelines kind of trap us, but they're also an opportunity for us to think through how do you integrate your personal life and your professional life and be thoughtful about that so that you can have success on both fronts. So this one we probably have talked about um, separately, but conceptually, do you think um, now at this stage in your career, your professional accomplishment, um, when did you start to really integrate your personal life as an equivalent priority to your professional life and experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for for myself and my wife, um, Wahara goes by Wo. Um, we've been together since I was 19, I was 18. So we're one of those, those long love, love stories. As I said, been married for 15 years, but we actually had our first son, Andrew, at 21. I was 21, she was 20. So the ability to, to grow in, in, as an adult and professional and figure out my life as an adult before I figured the family life out wasn't there for me. That wasn't an option because of the choices I made, just to be quite frank. <laughs> and um, so coming out of college, um, right away for me, my whole professional career, it's all been about that blend. And I actually, um, Woe and I, we really focus on communication a lot. So we actually sat down early on. And I knew that the game plan to get where I wanted to get in with that vision I had laid out um, required a lot of sacrifice. It does require sacrifice on the career side to make that happen. So we sat down and we said, look, our game plan. Give me a give me a decade. Let me let me run around the United States. Let me run around these companies. Let me figure out what we need to do over the next decade to set the foundation that from there we can go on and we will truly be successful and we're in the right position to win long term. She bought into the plan, so that was the first foundational piece. Um, from there, uh, as the kids got moving and we got um, started shaking, we started realizing, okay, well the kids are going to school now. So we got to figure out the school dynamic in this. Well, it became for us of when the kids get to middle school, we wanted to be settled down and that way they could go to middle school and high school in a, in a continuous environment and build those relationships and go from there. So from that early conversation around the decade to our kids being in school, it's always been a part of our conversation. I, I knew that my career um, would take time. It has taken a lot of time. If you talk to my wife and you talk to my kids, um, I'm no different. I'll go home from work. And yeah, there's nights when I'm on the computer at night because I got things to do and they pay me to do work and I got to get my job done. And that's what I do. And I enjoy doing it. So it's not a chore. But they also know that I don't put them second. They are still first. And we have the communication around what does the career mean along with the family. So for me, it's an evolving conversation. It's not one or the other. They are um, they are an evolution. And, and we've always treated that way in, in the Austin household. 
And that's why it's never been a, a break of the bond on either side of it as, I, as we took in this progression. So that is, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I love this idea that you said to her, give me a decade. Like, give me 10 years, not, like, not give me two years, not give me a few months to figure it out, give me a decade and let it figure it and let's figure it out together. But I think it's so important and worth discussing. Like, that's a real gem. The most important decision you can make is related to your career is who you partner with in your personal life. Yes. Because if you don't have the appropriate partnership in your personal life, and that's whatever the relationship that is primal, right? The, the, whatever the relationship is that is primary in your life, deciding that relationship and having the right person who is going to really partner with you and support you through those navigations is so critical. And a lot of people have delayed, you know, starting relationships because they wanted to focus specifically on their career. And I think there's a way where that makes sense. There's a strategy where that's a good fit, but yeah. it's also a strategy where you pick the right person early on in the process and you guys have the right conversations, you guys have the right communication, and then you buckle up right together. And now you're navigating um, what the future looks like there. So um, always, you know, really important to, to think through that. And I love that you shared the story of give me a decade. I'm, I'm going to remember that for a long time. So it's, it's real that that communication is, is key. Like, like you're saying, I, I don't, I don't fool myself. You know, a lot of people see Mike Austin, they see the name, they see the title. Um, you can, you can go through the list of accolades, but I would be full of myself if that wasn't because of Warhol Austin as well, come along this journey because nothing happens without my, my wife and what she's done for me and his family. So I'm no fool of any of that one. Let's not, let's be real clear. I love that. Shout out to Whoa. Shout out to Whoa. Um, so and shout out to partners, right? Shout out to partners yep. who do the work to make sure that you um, support your the career of your partner, of your significant other. So I love that. Um, so then talk just a little bit about you've, you know, you've moved through a number of companies. You said you moved through a number of locations from the East Coast, Philadelphia area, suburbs, Kansas City, California, multiple times. Help me understand what was your motivation um, in making those the number of changes? And was there some guidance that you were getting there? Did you have um, a huge impact or who or what had the biggest impact on you making your career decisions um, in addition to your wife? Because I think we've already acknowledged that she's been a critical role player, but where else were you getting that um, guidance from and how, how did that impact you making those choices? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's another one, obviously, you know, kind of starts at the beginning there. So graduated with a 292 electrical engineering, woo -woo, but still a 2.92. So I didn't get into one of those fancy rotational programs. I don't know if they still do them now, but I know when we were coming out in the, in the um, right early 2000s, early 2010 area, they, they had the rotational programs and those were big. You got to one of those leadership development programs where over two, three years, they rotated you different functions throughout the company um, or within a division. And you were kind of um, pinged early on as a high potential candidate. Well, I didn't get into any of those programs, but I did identify early on through the vision we talked about that I wanted to be a generalist. I knew I wanted to be a leader. Um, I find myself reading a lot of books or reading about people back in the day, like a Jack Welch. Um, I read a lot of, you know, some John Maxwell, Stephen Covey, some of those books. Um, like I said, I have, you know, uncles, two uncles that were predominantly in the field, three uncles that were predominantly in the engineering or the STEM space. So I had some people that I were looking at and I said, okay, I want to do what they do. I want to be where they are. And I knew for me, that didn't mean that I wanted to be a specialist. I knew I needed to be a generalist. So with my career field or with my career and knowing where I wanted to go early on, I knew I had to get a lot of different experiences very quick. So 
I had already planned out that I needed to spend time understanding operations and engineering and maintenance and um, EHS, and environmental health and safety. So I knew I needed to understand all those areas. And that was a really a big driver um, in knowing what companies I needed to start to work for, um, what different roles I needed to take over that time. And they all helped in that evolution. Um, and again, knowing where I wanted to go. As I did that path, I, I spoke about yourself. Um, you know, you being one of the mentors that I would talk with um, on occasion, we probably talk um, family stuff, we probably talk monthly, but career stuff, we talk quarterly as I was coming through, especially early on. Um, you know, Dorothy Enriquez, another coach of mine, we, we spoke, we spent a lot of time and she goes back to college when we were talking. And I can just really name, I've always had in my career and even to this day, two to three coaches and mentors that I've had. And I've always went by the principle, I've always had a mentor um, internally within my company, but I've also had one external to my company and they all had different focus. So internally we're focused on, all right, Mike, how are you helping produce results for the business? How are you staying aligned to the business objectives and your next um, opportunities for growth? And they actually became more of a mentor, but also a sponsor for me when they left the room and making sure, hey, this kid is really on the right track. He really gets it as far as how he is um, conducting himself, how he's conducting business. And he's somebody that we want to continue to help grow. Outside um, the company, my mentors are focused on really my, my trajectory. You know, am I staying aligned to my family? Am I staying aligned to my faith? Am I staying aligned to my financial game plan? So I really have used the mentors um, to help me stay on track as I went through this progression as well. And like I said, throughout this time, I've always had two or three mentors in my life that are helping keep me aligned. I never do anything alone through this trajectory. And I don't claim to try to know it all. And I think that's been really a part of helping me stay humble and also helping me accelerate because I, I use those mentors to, in their experience, to help build. So now I'm not having to go step by step. I can skip a step. I can take two or three steps at a time because my mentor has helped put me on game on, hey, look out for this. Consider these these um, roadblocks or these risks as you make that decision. So I love that. I love the idea that um, not only nobody's self-made, right? Nobody is an individual island who, you know, who gets it all done without needing the help, advice, guidance, support of other people in their corner. So that's a gem, right? Um, a huge gem for folks to really think about. If you don't have resources and people around you that are helping you to be able to grow, now's an opportunity to pause and reflect and see where you can go and get that support from. Yep. Obviously, I'm an executive coach, so I believe executive coaching is critical and important, but I've also seen people figure it out in different ways through um, professional organizations um, yep. and through different workplace mentorship programs. So think about making sure you're very intentional, not only that you have mentors, but you have multiple of them and that you are guiding that, um, you're allowing them to help guide your career. And then that sponsorship mentioned was so game-changing, but sponsorship can only work from somebody who's inside of your organization and can yep. continue to use their social capital um, and leverage to pull you up. But the other thing that you talked about was um, this idea of like rotational programs and those things that are tied to like um, really accelerators for career development. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that because I was in a rotational program. So he's just like baiting me. Um, <laughs> I was in a rotational program and I had the opportunity to do exactly what he describes. Um, and it does create a pathway for you. Um, but I do definitely remember seeing you work hard to figure out how do I create my own path? How yep. do I kind of customize what makes sense to me based on where I want to be um, aspirationally? So I love that um, that both are right, 
right? There is no wrong answer as you navigate your career. It really comes down to what are you looking to accomplish? And then how can you put a plan together to strategically and like incrementally work towards it? Because this is a, this is a journey, right? Career jumps for the journey. This is a career journey. So we're continuing to um, take on new information and make adjustments, right? In order to guide us forward. So I love that. So I want to make sure that we don't, you know, we don't, not we don't avoid addressing the elephant in the room we're both black people um we're both black people who started careers in stem right um which is already we're talking about very few people um who actually do that work shout out to the society of um national your last performance review was solid but it only came with a small salary increase i understand i've been there too You want to negotiate for more money, but you're not sure where to start. We can help. Get your digital copy of Salary Power Moves Winning the Compensation Negotiation today for just $9.99 at gemsforthejourney.org slash shop. You'll learn what to put on the table in your negotiation and how to influence the people in your organization to give you additional compensation. Grab your copy today for just $9.99 at gemsforthejourney.org slash shop and learn to negotiate. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at gemsforthejourney on Instagram and career gems for the journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.